0: Connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay.
1: What is AOC? What is community media? Maybe these are small questions, but they have big answers. So big, in fact, that we had to make a whole podcast about just that. The short answer is in our mission statement building an informed and engaged community through media, technology, and education. I'm Matt Roberts.
2: Joe Sam is an AOC member who enjoys waking up in the morning with a positive attitude. Learn more about his beliefs in this episode of Community Quotes.
0: Did you know that AOC Community Media has a free after-school program called Muse for students ages 12 through 18 every Monday from 4.30 p.m. to 6 p.m.? Participants will learn about television studio production, creating a podcast from start to finish, photography, media literacy, and much more. For registration and more information about our Muse program, visit the AOC website at aocinc.org.
1: So the first question, which I'm sure you're familiar with as a journalist, is please say and spell your name
3: for us. Yes. Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, Sam, S-A-M. Cool. Thank you.
1: Um, Joseph, let's just start at the beginning. Where did you grow up?
3: grew up in Opelousas, which is not too far from Lafayette at all. It's right down the street um, in St. Landry Parish. So small area. And the town that I grew up in was Kokomo. So, it took me a while to get to learn how to say that correctly too. But a great area, of course. We all know the food is great as well. So, small area, but it was a good living.
1: What was it like? I didn't even know there was a Kokomo, Louisiana. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and that's an actual town. That's yes, nice. it
3: was a small subdivision okay. of okay. Opelousas on the outskirts of Opelousas. So, um, like Ville Platte or Laotel, it'll be that area to Kokomo subdivision.
1: uh and what what was it like growing up in in that town
3: it was it was fun um of course there was not a lot of crime happening there which was good for younger generations to grow up in a lot of wooded areas so that you can go and exercise in so I did a lot of running I did a lot of biking jogging um just having fun out there the community was really night um really tight and really close bonded so we we really got a sense of the community pride. I mean, if we leave our house, we can leave the door open and people would be watching. We had one neighbor, I believe her name was Miss Gertie, and she would see everything that was going on from miles away. We always picture her as having a telescope and watching everyone's houses. but we knew it was such a great community to where we had that neighborhood watch. So growing up there, felt really safe. It was really fun. Everybody in the community in the neighborhood knew each other. So that was good to know. You can go into, go over to anybody's house and have dinner. So, <laughs> and we love food. <laughs> when
1: did you, uh, are you, you're not living in
3: Opelousas now? No, Do I'm here live- in Lafayette. So I stay off of Kali Salome at the plantation. Beautiful apartments. There's a, a coulee there, which they consider it to be a little lake. So I have a perfect apartment placed right overviewing the coulee or the lake area. So it's really fun. Makes you feel like you're in a bigger, place than everywhere else
1: <laughs> when uh when did you leave opelousis
3: i left when i graduated from high school so going into college i went to magnate state university in lake charles and transferred over to Southern University and then came back here to Lafayette after I graduated from college. So um, leaving high school was a big jump for me because that was my first time on my own and you know how scary that can be. But um, doing that has elevated me to be back here and do some great things here in this community.
1: Was it, uh, I've heard before that it can be
3: kind of a culture shock going from southern Louisiana over mm-hmm. to western northern Louisiana. <laughs> what
1: was uh, that like for you?
3: It's always an adjustment because you have those different challenges. You you don't know the people, you don't know the food, you don't know the, the area well at all. So you have to really find a way to get to know people and, and that's a challenge for everyone to take up on. Um, social media is a great tool to use. You can really research what's in that community, what places do they have, what organizations that you can get involved in. And once you get a chance to do that, you'll start forming those bonds with people. So it was definitely a culture shock. You have to get adjusted to it. You have to get adjusted to the climate because you here in Louisiana, we deal with all types of weather. So it, it, it's something that pushes you to become better as a person and it really broadens your horizon
1: what uh when you when you
3: went to like Charles and McNeese at first what were you studying there (laughs) i was studying it's it's weird because i switched gears so many times like a lot of people do because a a lot of people think that they want to do a certain career and then it switch gears off path once you actually get into those studies i was going for political science and government because I thought I was going to be this top notch lawyer and kicking everybody's butt (laughs) in the courtroom. But that didn't work out the way I wanted it to after I got an internship at one of the courthouses there in um, Lake Charles. I felt that it was a little slow for me. I wanted something more fast paced. It was a lot of reading, a lot of researching. So I still like those elements of reading, getting the research, doing some investigating. But I wanted to do something that's more community based, really getting out there in the community. And that's when I switched gears from government and political science into broadcasting. So it's been, it's been a challenge, but I've made a few adjustments and it's gladly working out. <laughs>
1: and that was all in, in undergrad?
3: All in undergrad. Um, it, I had to figure life out basically and what I wanted to do with my life while in undergrad. So it didn't hit me until maybe junior year to where I finally stuck with one major and continued to pursue that.
1: And from there it seems like it's been a, a love and a
3: passion. Oh yeah, it's definitely grown into it's an adjustment because it's it's hard with some stories. Some stories are a little harder than other stories. Sometimes you get the fun featury um festivals and um organizational events, but then on the other hand you get the crime and the kidnappings and suicides and homicides and you have to really have a strong heart and you have to have a really tough alligator skin barrier to really be able to speak about those stories and portray that to viewers. So, it's a a industry where you definitely have to have a passion for, like any industry.
1: Um, What advice would you give young up-and-coming journalists that haven't developed that thick skin Mm -hmm. on how to get into that thick skin or how to
3: develop that? Yeah, you really have to really look into different situations. Um, basically myself, my, I didn't really get into it until it happened to me. A lot of people have to go through those personal experiences until they really understand what's going on and then take effort into it. Um, my nephew passed away at the age of two years old due to child abuse and neglect. And going through that situation myself really made me understand how other families are affected by that same type of tragedy or other tragedies in that, in that sense. And, being able to look into that and really dig deep in yourself and figure out what is the main thing that I want to push out here, finding positive out of a negative. And once you can do that, you start to gain a thicker skin because it's not just yourself that you're looking at, you're looking at a bigger picture and how you can help other families and other people that are going through these same tragedies. And that's when I ran into CASA, so Court Appointed Special Advocates. And that was a way for me to really dig deep into helping other families that may be going through a similar situation or a situation that may really affect them deeply. So you,
1: you got involved with CASA, um, and uh, what what led you to CASA, I guess? How did, uh, how did you discover and how did you know you wanted to work?
3: Right, that? so after we finished doing all of the stories and the reports, because it became a bigger issue affecting a lot of people, um, once we came out with that story on air about my nephew, so I started doing some research, like I said, for anybody, whenever you go to any place or are going to a different area, do your research, investigate how the area is. So I started doing that within this situation with child abuse and neglect. And it popped up a lot of different organizations, Hearts of Hope, um, The Family Tree, and then I found CASA, the Court Appointed Special Advocates. That was something that when I read up on it, finding volunteers to advocate for children in court, and making sure that they were being placed in a safe and nurturing environment. That was something that I had to be a part of. I decided to sign up to volunteer and become an advocate myself. And coming to this organization, they needed help doing communications, doing marketing, public relations. So after I volunteered and took the training class, they offered me a job. And I said, oh, well, if I can actually make a living off of doing something that can help people, That's even more of of going into that passion and really helping serve because now you can live off of something that you love to do. And CASA has been there for not just myself helping me make that transition out of the situation that I was going through with my personal problems with my nephew. And um, really, really figuring out how can a person do this to a young child. But it has helped so many other families and so many other children because if they don't get the help that they need when they're young, that is going to continue to develop and manifest into something that may be negative in their adult life. And our advocates have put in so much time and so much help doing so to where it has made a big impact on these children. And that, and seeing that is just rewarding in itself. We can forget about the check. It, it doesn't become a, a issue of money anymore or um, how much benefits we're getting from this organization. It becomes a factor of how much rewards you can get from this and how beneficial it is for you personally and emotionally. So it's been great. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you, you had mentioned
1: that you, you did an on air story about your personal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people would probably find that challenging to do something so personal and such, or to tell their personal story in such a public way. Would you say, are there benefits that maybe people don't wouldn't think of to sharing a personal story like that, or Mm -hmm. what benefits did you experience?
3: Uh, Especially when you're doing TV, that is a great question, because when you're doing television, a lot of people bring on the concept, oh, these people are just robotic. They don't really care about the story, they don't really, they just want to get the story out there, get it first so that they can get ratings in, which generates more viewers, but If they get a chance to see you in your raw element, personally affected by this and really speaking from your heart when you're doing any type of story that really connects with viewers more. Because now they see you as a real person. They see that you go through the same issues that they may be going through or other people may go through. So now you become more of a personal friend to them and they can watch you on camera and say, hey, I trust this person. I believe everything that they're saying because they're not coming across as someone who just wants a story, who just wants to be the best journalist out there. They really care and have a genuine compassion for what's happening in the community. So when you're able to really let your guards down and take away all of those barriers of, of the job and, and trying to be the best at it and really connect with people, that's what is important for anyone that's looking to go in this industry or any industry as it's being concerned Really be personal with people because you form those relationships and when you can form a relationship with someone That bond is forever. So you can always count on them to be there for you So yeah, it's a it's a hard task, but it's needed and it's needed to be done.
1: Yeah Um, As a journalist do you find that having that sort of it seems like you have a real sense of empathy for people and a, a sort of understanding of people do you find that helps with your sources and with connecting with sources as well?
3: Oh yeah, it definitely does because what we like to do is we don't like to have the public figures speak on air. We don't like having the PIOs or the the organizers of events or the big executive directors. We want characters, people that live in the community, people that can really tell their story. We get the PIOs for the information and for the, the facts and the factual, but we want stories coming from the people who actually go through this every day. And when you can form those relationships with these types of people, it makes for a better story. It makes for a more engaging story because these are people's neighbors, their family members, their community members. So when they can see them telling their story, they connect better with them as well. And when you can pick up the phone and say, hey, I need you to come and talk about this issue, it's easier for you as a journalist because getting those contacts and that network is hard. But when you can really form that database, of people that you can count on and who are willing to go on camera, even if they're not willing to go on camera. It's a trick. A lot of reporters always say, well, I couldn't get them to go on camera. I say, hey, I can record your feet. And as long as we have your voice, that's all I can record your shadow. And as long as we have your voice speaking the story, we can change the voice as well. We just need someone to tell that story as a member of the community. And that's what we call characters. So those are really, really beneficial.
1: Did you, Joseph, have any mentors growing up?
3: Oh, yes, many. <laughs> uh, uh, well, um, and like a lot of um, people, especially from my um, ethnicity, we don't have that father figure in our life. My, my father left when I was um, maybe around the age of five. So I didn't have that strong, manly mentor in my life to where they can lead me on a path of success. So I had to find other routes and other ways to do so. Um, Once I got into high school and joined the track and cross country team, by mistake, I thought it was a baseball audition. It was for track and cross country. I didn't know I could run as far as I could until I actually did it. But um, my coach became my mentor. He not only helped me with my athletic skills, but personal and life skills as well. He um, helped me with education, leading me through that. So I think that's really important to have. Once I got to college, I started looking into different organizations and I found my beloved fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi. And those members, the members of that fraternity have really helped me advance and continue to help me advance. And I feel like if you can find a mentor who can do that for you, especially when you have that missing piece within your life, you have to fill it. There's many puzzle pieces. And, you know, if you have a whole bunch of ninety nine puzzle pieces and you put it all together, but you're missing that one piece. You can never complete the puzzle. So having that one piece in place really can help you advance in life. And once I found them as a mentor, it really helped me advance, and I think, and they, they continue to do so. So I love it. I love having a mentor. I love having someone I can call at any time and ask them about anything, whether it's professional or personal. That is great to have.
1: Um... Could you, uh, highlight like one lesson maybe that one of your mentors gave you growing mm-hmm. up that, that really resonates with you even today?
3: Yes. Uh, and it's something that I continue to have, especially with the industry I'm in, it, with doors being closed. When you go out for something and you don't get it, it's a lot of times that I felt as if I wasn't worthy or as if I, I, I didn't have the capability or the qualifications to do what it was being asked me to do. And doors continue to close and I got a lot of doors shut in my face time after time after time again. And it came to a point to where I felt like I just wanted to give up. And after speaking to this mentor, it's a lesson that everyone needs to continue to have. Never giving up. Get up, dust yourself off and try again, try again and again and again until that door opens for you. And once you get that one opportunity, really take advantage of that and show, take all of what you learned about the doors being closed in your face and take all that anger that you had, turn that into passion when that door opens and apply all of that to what you've been given. And I'm never gonna forget my mentor telling me that because when the door finally did open, there was a time where I applied to get on air time after time again, and I've never got a chance to get on air and show them what I was capable of. One person took a chance on me and gave me that opportunity and I've never let that go. And I continue to advance from that opportunity. Now doors are opening up and those doors that were closed before have been knocked down with my shoe. So (laughs) it's something that I've learned through this mentor and I would always appreciate him. His name is Greg Mayweather and he's out in Baton Rouge, Louisiana right now. He started here in Lafayette as well. And he continues to help not just myself, but other um, anyone that's interested in any type of industry He continues to help them. He started an organization as well um, that I continue to help him with called Word Up, which helps young African-American men continue to learn vocabulary and speech skills, advancing their their word adjustment, their grammar, sentence structure, interviewing skills. And he helps everyone with that because that's needed, especially in this day and time. Oh, I love that. That's great. Um
1: All right, let's talk a little bit about AOC. Tell me how you first got involved with AOC.
3: Yes, it's been a journey with AOC, and I cannot say how thankful we have been as an organization with CASA to really have all of what we need to utilize our services. Um, We were looking for a way to branch out, and being a nonprofit, everyone knows we don't have money. We are broke like a joke. So it is hard for us to get our word across Whenever we don't have the funds to do so, we've contacted a lot of different media places and it's just so expensive to really get our mission across and recruit those strong, dedicated volunteers to advocate for children in foster care, which is very important. So when we ran into AOC and we understood what all we can be able to access, we were completely shocked. And when we came into the tour here at the facility, it was just amazing seeing that they not only have a studio that we can use, multi-purpose room, cameras that we can rent out, an editing system, which is what I've been trained on with um, journalism. So now you have someone in office who knows how to use Final Cut Pro or whatever it may be. And top notch computers, a lot of places in my university, we didn't have the systems that you guys have here, that AOC has. And being able to access all of that for a very affordable price has been a, a joy for us. And we've recruited so many people from using these services we've created so many promos Christmas promos for our Casa Christmas chariot Um, radio interviews when we have to put our radio advertisements on the radio we came here and we used the audio booth and we recorded the media that we needed for that and then having the staff here help us out with anything that we needed with training we wanted to do a television show for Casa and having that training that we need to learn how to use all the equipment here has been really beneficial for the organization, and we cannot say how thankful we have been for the past couple of years that we've been members. We thank you for being members and for contributing. Um,
1: what? All right, I think those two questions are answered. What is, if
3: uh, if you could, what would be your dream project to work on? <laughs> That's something that I've always been thinking about with Casa. It's been a dream challenge for me because it's and i'm hoping to still get that accomplished even after i leave the organization but we've been wanting to get this broadcast out for the longest we want to do a social media broadcast show to where it is streamed because we found that we are able now to recruit so many people from social media our facebook page has gone up from 500 views after we started doing the promotional videos here to over 1500 um likes on our page now and that's all thanks to the promotional videos that we've shot here and now after getting that data in we say hey why don't we do a social media broadcast using aoc's studios and that's something that we're still working on it's still in the process but if we can get that done to where we can generate more views from social media and pull in more volunteers not just here in lafayette but from around the surrounding areas that would be a, a a dream come true for our organization and we can definitely say that AOC has been a partnership with that.
1: Well, yeah, let's make that
3: happen. (laughs) Yes, Uh, we would love
1: it. (laughs) uh, I think I know the answer. We probably talked about this a little bit before we got on camera, but what are you looking
3: forward to for the rest of 2017? Oh, I'm (laughs) excited about everything that happens, um, not just with the organization. I will be leaving. Unfortunately, it's bittersweet, but um, it's a jump in my career. I'm gonna be heading to Michigan to anchor the first at four show there. So the show is pretty much what we've learned here at AOC. It's all digital. It's a lot of different media concepts that we're incorporating into this show to get more viewers in, especially younger generation. But for Casa, leaving here, I'm giving everything that I learned from AOC, especially Final Cut Pro, and I'm teaching that to my successor to be able to come and utilize everything here. We have a lot of projects coming up, and we can't wait to use all of those projects here at AOC. Our Acasa Christmas Chariot is an annual project that we've done and we've gotten so much response from the community from that. So we want to continue to keep that going. That's going to be coming up. We have our basketball jamboree, which we love to promote. That's going to be in November. A lot of projects happening, a lot of things that we're going to have to promote, which is why we need the media to continue to go on. So as long as we have these services, we will be thankful to be able to continue doing that. It's been a help for us. It's been a, a big help on our budget. And it's been an easy task for our person, our people to come in, our staff to come in and utilize these services. That's awesome. That's great to hear.
1: Um, all right. Back to you a little
3: bit, or you a little bit more. Um, what are you reading now? Reading as yeah. far as books. I'm reading Tears of a Tiger. And it's a great book. It's all about It's something that we want to help our younger generation with. Like I said, I'm helping Greg Mayweather right now with his organizations. It's about high school teens. And of course, the drama that happens with high school teenagers. It's not just peer pressure, but it's drug influence, alcohol, sexual experiences. A lot of different transitions when you transition out of junior high going into high school. It's a big challenge, a life adjustment. And in this book, it talks about everything following one character. Um, I think it's going to be a little hard ending, but it's going to be a life lesson learned. So if anyone can go out and take a look at reading that book, I'm still in the process of finishing it because it's so heartwarming to where I have to stop sometimes, close the book and take a breath and then come back to it. But when you have something that can really affect you emotionally like that, it's a great book. So Tears of a Tiger, I would suggest for anyone to go and read.
1: Uh, Joseph it sounds like you had mentioned earlier that your your dad left uh, early on Mm -hmm. in your life Uh, and it sounds like maybe that's pushed you into wanting to help young men a lot and and help uh, others who who may not have that that mentor figure would you say that's true oh yeah
3: that's absolutely true I know it was a hard adjustment for me not having that so being there as a mentor to younger men has been a dream come true for me having that chance for them to come back and say you've helped me so much with not just my personal issues but my educational issues and helping me find the right path because we know some people veer off and they go into negative crimes they go into things that may not be beneficial towards them and being there for someone i think is just helpful just having some support and someone to lean on And that's what I've been looking to do, Um, not serving just as a big brother to that person, but just someone that they can count on to know that whatever may happen, I can call you at any time of the day and you'll be there to help me. And if I had that, I feel as when I was younger, it would have probably pushed me even harder to do the things that I've been doing, but I'm glad that I found someone. To help me get to where i need to be and i want to be that same person for the next person and i think if we all just continue to make that cycle go around and round, then everybody's going to be great and it's going to be a peaceful community how do they say that american Miss america pageants peace to the world or whatever it may be i think it's going to be something like that if we can take what we've learned from one person give that to the next person and continue to make that cycle happen
1: and it sounds like you've really got a grip on taking that life experiences instead of letting them embitter you, oh, letting yeah. them empower you and, and help you work to make it a better oh, place. Oh, yeah.
3: If you let it eat you apart, you will <laughs> never succeed. And I've had that happen to me sometimes to where I just wanted to quit and give up. But if you, you can't have that happen. You only get one life you don't know when you're going to be taken away from this life so you have to make every day count it's one of the quotes I wake up every morning I say it's wake up every morning as if it's not a mistake and when you are able to do that you really find how successful you can be and how you get up even if you can say I'm gonna fix this bed make sure it's the best bed that you've ever fixed because you never know when you may not be able to fix the bed the next day there are some people who have challenges. I mean, we have to be blessed with everything that we have. We can get up and we can walk. We can see, we can talk. Some people can't do that. And when you think about their situation, but they're doing it, they may not have legs to walk, but they're still getting up out of bed and making their day as best as they can be. So when you have that luxury and that privilege, you have to take full advantage of it. So that's what I, what I think about. And that's what I do every day when I wake up think that's a great way to wake up
1: yes (laughs) um which uh which bands or artists would you include in your all-time favorite playlist
3: oh um that's a lot (laughs) so um I'm listening to right now I have a few I love Ed Sheeran I love um I still love Aaliyah she passed away um a couple of years ago but she's still one of my all-time favorite artists um I absolutely love Keith Urban and uh i have a mixture of different artists i like and now there's this new rapper her name is carly b and she has one song that is popping all over the place now and it's it's a mixture of different artists that i absolutely love so those will be the top four right now and i listen it's in my playlist i listen to the song over and over and over again so i know every lyric
1: <laughs> were you uh were you mad about ed sheeran's appearance on game of thrones mm.
3: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were, you know, there was a lot of controversy behind it all, but I think he's probably taking every opportunity that he can while he has it right now. Um it, it may be good for some people, it may be bad for other people, but you have to take that risk because if you don't take it, then you never know how it might turn out. And you know how they say in in especially in the TV industry, any publicity is good publicity. So that's where I'm taking it from. <laughs>
1: Um, do you have, was there a book or a movie or a movie star or a sports hero that that really kind of uh, dominated your childhood or, or was your favorite in childhood?
3: You know what I still always go back to, and I know it's a crazy, um, issue, or a crazy movie topic, but it's The Lion King. I cannot tell you how much I love that movie. I watch it over and over. And even, it's, even though it's not real characters, the message in that movie is just beautiful. And the challenges that Simba had to go through have been amazing. And it really teaches you a lot about life. So I, I always go back to that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: Did you see it in the theater?
3: Yes. Even when it, you watch it um, at home and then when it comes back out, when they recreate it again, you still go and check it out. I've watched the plays as well um, in Orlando, Florida, when they do the Broadway plays. So I've watched it live. And the, even the soundtrack for The Lion King has been great. Whoever writes those lyrics is absolutely amazing. It's perfect for that movie. Awesome.
1: Uh, okay, let's have some silly questions. <laughs> uh, if you uh, if you were a, a season, which one would
3: you be and why? Winter, because I do not like summer. Fall is good. Fall is comfortable, but I love seeing that being inside, seeing the snow come down and seeing that everyone gets into the spirit around that time. Everyone becomes nice usually around winter. We have one Grinch here and there, but pretty much everyone really appreciates what it all brings and winter has to be the one that I love the most. Uh, I cannot stand sweating so <laughs> I, I'm, I, that's why I to cut the hair. I'm like taking as much things off as I can and in the winter you can pile on as much layers as you want but you can only take off so much to where it's comfortable for everyone else. So yeah winter would definitely be it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Must be pretty exciting to be moving north. You're right
3: about that. <laughs> that's one of the main factors of reason why I'm going. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Uh,
1: if you could have dinner with uh, anywhere between one to five famous people
3: from history, who would they be? Mm-hmm. Now that's a tough one. <sighs> I would have to say, um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, I love the, every time when I listen to the speech, it still resonates with me. Um, learning that through history and learning that through school has been really beneficial towards my life, and I think it has really gotten everyone together. Seeing the trials and tribulations that they had to go through back in the past, we wouldn't be able to sit down and do this here today. And I think I really appreciate a person taking a stand and being able to do that. So I'm sure I would love to have dinner with him. We'll have a couple of steaks and potatoes and have a good old time. A few glasses of wine and we're good to go. Because really sitting there and talking to a person like that, you really would learn. I feel like you would learn so much about life and about people in general.
1: It is amazing how great of an orator is. I'll go and watch YouTube videos from time to time. Yes. And it's still like powerful. Powerful. Today. It's timeless.
3: You can learn from it. Learn
1: from it a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh,
3: what is your superpower? Oh, I would like to say I have the superpower of persuasion. I think I can persuade anybody into doing anything. (laughs) Even, I I don't know about jumping off of a bridge, but if I can persuade them to make it fun, we can do it. So, I mean, it's a, it's a skill and I think I'm still working on that too, but that would have to be my superpower. It's probably not the best superpower, but I think it can be beneficial in a lot of occasions. (laughs) Do you have a a
1: story you could share with us about using your superpower? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Like I said, even working because I, I, I didn't have any money going into college i had to get money on my own and college is expensive so i had to persuade a lot of people who i was trying to get scholarships and grants from to give me this money and it's worked i was able to get through college i wrote up a few letters went and speak with the board told them how important this was to my future and after using that superpower on them and the charm i would say charm helped too i was able to get that money in and i had a full bank account to try and get these books and this tuition paid and we made it work <laughs> so we got it done <laughs> that's awesome
1: uh let's see all right i think i think um, i think i've got one more question for one you one more okay one more
3: the last question can you describe yourself <laughs> in three words energetic um loving and caring I think those three words will probably wrap me up. I think we, and when you put all of those together, I think anyone would love to be around me. I love being around people, love um, making people smile, have a great time. If, like I said, if I can help them make their day better, it makes me feel better. I don't like being around negative people, unless they have some good stories that I can sit down and eat some popcorn with. But yeah, it's it, those three words probably wrap me up best.
1: Well, I will say it's been a pleasure to sit down with you today. Thanks so much
3: for coming to talk to us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Do you know that AOC Community Media has a free after-school program called Muse for students ages 12 through 18 every Monday from 4.30 p.m. to 6 p.m.? Participants will learn about television studio production, creating a podcast from start to finish, photography, media literacy, and much more. For registration and more information about our Muse program, visit the AOC website at aocinc.org.
2: the aoc podcast is produced by aoc community media contributors include othello andrews marie Abe Bowie, lillian dejon annette diaz joe boozy ferguson nancy judas joseph cleason William McFarlane, Matt Roberts, Steven Skip Shannon, Christy Tracy, Jasmine Tillery, Jacob White, and Shahid Williams. Music in today's episode Luna's Little Friend, Ukulele Instrumental by Ivan Shu. Kyoshi Ki by Nano, The Long Goodbye by John Pasner. AOC Community Media is located at the Rosa Parks Transportation Center, 101 Jefferson Street, Suite 100, Lafayette, Louisiana, 70501. For more information, go to our website at aocinc.org, call 337-232-4434, or email info at aocinc.org. Until next time, stay informed and engaged.